Freestyle Friday, we're back again. And let me tell you, we've got some great games happening this weekend from the men's basketball standpoint. Can NC State keep up the momentum and beat Virginia Tech? Can North Carolina figure it out and go ahead and roll past Notre Dame? More importantly than that, Duke, can you shift gears or will Earl Grant give you a hard time out there from Boston College? We'll talk about all of that as well as NCAA uh, championship college football playoffs. We've got Tech TCU and Georgia Man, oh, man, what is it like to be the underdog? We've talked about it here in the ACC before, but we're going to talk about it again on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Drizzy Drake from Locked On Seminoles Podcast. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel. The road to 1,000 is very slow, but we're getting there. Day at a time, one subscriber at a time. We appreciate you following us each and every day. You know, it's always a joy to just read your comments and have conversations about all things ACC. Jersey Drake, happy Friday, friend. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you in a minute. I know. Happy New Year, Candice. Feliz año nuevo a todos mi gente por allá. It's just, it's a great feeling coming to 23, you know, right foot in front of left, you know, doing some New Year's resolutions. Got to get down some of this weight for the wedding for next year for 2024. But, you know, that's how we're at right now. A hundred percent. Listen, the Built Bars, I got, I would send you a box. I'm going to send you and the old lady a box of Built Bars. That way y'all can get right for the wedding season. Oh, yeah, I need those because I need something sweet when I'm just cutting all the stuff out because it, it's, uh, it's rough for your boy out here. <laughs> I just, you ain't by yourself. It has been a crazy week full of ACC news and a lot of it, great ACC basketball games. If you listen to our show throughout the week, we've been touching on and recapping that. But more importantly, we've also had some football news in there. Sam Hartman decided that he wanted to go to Notre Dame if you were sleeping. And I know I didn't get to talk to you about it, but what are your thoughts on Mr. Sam Hartman deciding to go be with the Fighting Irish? Thank God next season that FSU does not have to deal with that nonsense of the slow mesh run by Sam Hartman. <laughs> and, but it's but now I think it's going to be a true test. Basically, see, I like Marcus Freeman a lot as a coach. I think Notre Dame was a good quarterback away from being a very, very damn good team. But now Sam Hartman has a chance to be able to prove that either A, is he a system quarterback, or B, is he actually a good quarterback prospect for the next level. So to me, that's actually what's most exciting about this move. Similar sentiments done said by Kenton Gibbs yes on yesterday's show. But I'm curious your thoughts as someone who was in the Atlantic has been in the Atlantic for so long. Wake Forest, do you think they regress and take a step back, or is Clawson really a good coach in the next, you know, next man up mentality? I think Clawson actually is a really damn good head coach. And I do think that their backup, I forgot his name, I think is Mitch Griffiths, I think is the kid's name. He's been there for a few years. When he did spell Sam Harmon, I think at the beginning of the year, and then when Sam Harmon was hurt towards the end of the year. He actually did look pretty solid, pretty decent, not to Sam Hartman's level, but overall to me, I think Dave Claus is probably one of the best coaches in the conference, one of the best coaches in the country, given the lack of resources they have at Wake Forest, given the lack of the talent that he's able to bring in. Recruiting-wise, is also pretty damn good. The staff there is elite. Look at the wide receiver play for the past four to five years. Yeah. So to me, I think Claus, I think Claus will be fine. But Wake Forest, they might uh he was talking about like all the players, like you know, eight-year seniors, nine-year seniors, you know, like they're going to CDLs and everything, and all that stuff like that. But to me, no, I think they'll be they'll, they'll regress a little bit. But I like I like Klausen's coach a lot too. So. 
You know, I think it's going to be very telling without the uh, divisions next year, right? Because everyone has had to lean on Coastal. You could, whoever, you never know who's going to be because all of them, you know, I almost say stink because at the end of the day, they play the game. But Atlantic teams, is it? are you going to figure things out? There we go, hitting my buttons. Figure things out in terms of being the top heavy parts of our conference going and who's going to be in the final two when it's all said and done. I don't know if it'll be Wake Forest, but I certainly feel like it's still exciting to see who it'll all be because of the non-division thing. No, I mean, I completely agree. I think, I mean, I'm very happy that we got rid of divisions uh, overall. I mean, because you're saying, you said before, the Colts doesn't stink, but definitely the, uh, I guess the bar is a little bit different between the two conferences. It was just Clemson versus whoever they're beating up. I mean, we saw in the bowl season, uh, the Coastal didn't do that well unless you're named Duke. So to me, or some of them don't make the bowl season. I, you know what team I'm talking about? I don't need to say it right now. New year, new me for 2023. But overall with the Atlantic, it's going to be uh, it's going to be actually a fun time to actually have the two best teams in the conference actually play each other instead of, you know, the best of the Coastal. And, you know, I think just from an overall coast, I mean, bowl season, you know, outcome to have Clemson do so against Tennessee, I was like, Lord, we are just looking funny in the light, ACC. Like, I just want us to be a little bit better when it's all said. Yes, we had won some games, sure, but, and we had five and four record. At the end of the day, though, we weren't playing for anything major. There was not, we weren't on the Rose Bowl. We didn't have any, like, huge games or matchups. Like, it just, I'm tired. I'm tired, boss. I'm tired Dabba of looking was, ugly. <laughs> Dabba was uh, sending that text to DJs, like, baby, come back. <laughs> You can blame it all on me. Like he, he probably was in that in the middle of that game. That was ooh, no. That was that's it. what they get. Honestly, all the, all the junk talking that they've talked about DJ as if he was the only problem. That's what you get. That's exactly what you. Get. Oh no, it was it was great to see that. To be honest. <laughs> no doubt. So we talked a little bit of football here, but we have plenty of basketball matchups. And Jersey Drake always comes on the show to give us some betting needs. We make sure that we get some money. He makes sure that we're in good standing, whether it's individual or team action. You know, he is always down for the cause. So we're going to go through these Saturday games here for men's basketball. So make sure you have your pin ready and loaded to talk about each game and whether you should put your money down or not. Let's start with Notre Dame. And North Carolina playing bright and early. The Tar Heels are looking to keep that momentum going after that win against Wake Forest. Notre Dame, you know, just figuring it out, doing the best they can with what they got. But they still have some sharpshooters that will give North Carolina trouble for sure. How does this matchup look for you right now, 1130 a.m. on ESPN2? So, folks, before we actually get into that, I do want to tell you that most of these lines for basketball do not actually come out to the day of the game. So, what, so the focus I'm trying to give you guys today or each time I'm on here on Fridays is what the line should be when it drops tomorrow morning. And right now, Bar Torvik has this game as basically a a North Carolina win by 14 points. So, when you see this play next, yeah, I know, and and that's what I was going to actually ask you about because that was a very, you know, accurate reaction like is that if you see the line around Notre Dame maybe like you know in single digits or even at a plus 10 value I would have to take North Carolina the three-point variance is very very difficult to pick up from so to me okay. overall I'm going with more North Carolina to win this game but I'm not taking anything past the minus 10. You know I just don't know what North Carolina team they've been watching but this is the same team that lost to Pitt this is the same team that got beat up by Virginia Tech you know like what, what are we doing here took four it's- four overtimes to beat to lose to Alabama, excuse me. Do you want me to tell you what one of the most recent losses was for this Notre Dame team? What? Florida State has four <laughs> wins on the entire season. Florida State basketball has been struggling immensely with injuries and struggling all year. The women's basketball team, though, is a demon. They're dynamite. But the men's team, not so much. So if you look <laughs> at that, 
I mean, let's be real here. I mean, they're I think they've won two games out of their past. It looks like seven games. Yeah. So yeah. I will go with North Carolina. Like that's probably the better, more hotter hand here. I hear you. Right now. I hear you. But Coach Bray is a good coach, so you know he might figure out how to outcoach Cheaper Davis. Who knows? But it's going to be a good one. Next game, Duke number sixteen. Duke facing off against Boston College. Duke coming off against that head scratching loss against NC State. Got dominated by twenty four points and. Boston College is not a team you can sleep on. As much as people try and, you know, oh, whatever, like, they, to me, are, like, the Wake Forest of the world where they were figuring it out, they get the right pieces in place, and they can squeak out some upsets. I mean, Wake Forest already beat Duke this year. Now NC State beat Duke. I mean, what is going on over there in Durham? I mean, listen, weren't you saying before the season started that you wanted the same energy for? I already forgot his name, the new head coach for Duke. Coach, I sure do. Coach John Shire. John Shire, thank you. And I'm trying to say, like, I haven't heard any of the same heat yet for Shire that was literally on everyone's mouth, or coming out of everyone's mouth, for yeah. Hubert Davis last season. Yeah. Um, And quite frankly, this Duke team should be performing better. I mean, you shouldn't be playing, you know, like, you shouldn't be losing to Wake Forest. You shouldn't lose by 24 points to an NC State team. They're a decent team. Sure. Like Purdue lost. But you lost to Purdue by almost 20 points, too. So that's also – it's the way they're losing is what's basically making me confused. Yeah. And it's not acceptable, to be honest. Yeah. In Boston College, you're right. They're like the Wake Forest from last season. Like it's, they're not a great team, but they're not a bad team. And they're sneakily a very well-coached team. And they actually had higher expectations heading into this season, especially mm-hmm. with Quinn and Post being no returning. So to me, overall with this team, it says that Duke should be favored by eight and a half points tomorrow. Take Boston calls to cover that, to be honest with you. Because right now, I don't think with John Shire, it, it seems that something is not clicking when it comes to actually you know, reminding them that they are Duke basketball. They should be beating up these teams. Or at least when they lose, keeping the games a little closer than losing by an average margin of 15 points. I wonder if this is going to be similar to last year, but not as much of the scrutiny, though, that Duke, you know, they struggle right now, but they're about to figure it out here in a couple weeks or really a couple of weeks when it starts to get to end of February, March, all the things like maybe they're going to be the North Carolina team that strikes iron and finally figures out how to gel. Cause you know, these are all a bunch of freshmen coming together, figuring it out. And I'm sure the rotations and, you know, trying to play for your brother when you don't even know this man, like maybe Duke is just going to take some time and then they're really going to strike iron. Maybe who knows? Who knows? We got a lot, got a lot to discuss on that one. The best game of the weekend though, obviously is going to go to Georgia tech and Florida state. Georgia Tech coming off a big win. Okay, let's talk about it beating Miami. But Florida State, you know, one game at a time. <laughs> four games, let's get to five. Uh, one game, <laughs> one game at a time. We got four wins. Hey, listen, four wins, one thing was Notre Dame team that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this is a Florida State team. I, it's, I like to reserve judgment about how a team is overall until maybe the end of January, maybe the middle of February. This team isn't good, man. Um, this team isn't good, and thankfully that we did play Louisville. That was a much needed ACC win. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two wins in ACC play. We're two and one, but overall, to me, it's it's just showcasing how injuries are decimating this team. Scholarship count is also you know basically decimating this team, and it just feels like at this point now. I think I know you're on Twitter too, so you see, so you see all the time that we have sacrificed the basketball program <laughs> at the expense of the six for a full program. So right now, to me, it says it's a pickup game. It says Georgia Tech should be favored by half a point. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll take Georgia Tech here to watch the win. Just win the game outright because I, it's there's nothing I've seen out to give me inspire me confidence with this FSU basketball team, especially with the injuries that's been suffering. 
the Florida State Illuminati or collective, I should say, put their all their minds together, put all of their Seminole, you know, sticks together and said, listen, we will make sure that the football team does well. If that means I hate that for Hamilton and the boys, but, you know, it hadn't happened. And maybe for the women, too. So sacrifices must be made as, as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs that LinkedIn jobs is probably one of the most slept on apps when it comes to networking and doing all the things with LinkedIn jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs help you quickly attract candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs. It connects you with them past and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications on all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find those qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions. They do apply. Rocket and rolling with Jersey Drake of Locked on Seminoles podcast each and every end of the week. Freestyle Friday, we talk about our favorite bets going into the weekend. Men's basketball is the topic for today. Wake Forest and Louisville are up next to discuss a Louisville team that is just looking for a win. About as bad as Florida State here. They will face off a Wake Forest team coming off a really tough loss against UNC. Probably a game they should have, you know, been able to squeak off. But hate it had to be Louisville that gets that revenge, that energy, that frustration that Wake Forest is going to take out on them. Yeah, I feel bad for the Louisville team, but I will take an offensive <laughs> team. No, Louisville's the worst team. We played a game earlier this year. I don't know if you heard me last segment that we actually won that game. So I ain't taking that. I just as bad as Florida State, they're worse. But no, it's. I really have never seen a Louisville team this bad in my lifetime. Yeah. It's not even, and I just don't understand it at all. I know they have a new head coach. You know, Chris Mack left last season. They brought someone new, somebody new in, and also I know they have a, they're, they're financially committed not only to football but also to basketball too as well. Yeah. And then this is a Wake Forest team that last year was the darling with Alphonse Williams, and now this year they're they've been playing pretty well. I mean, they did you know they beat Duke, they beat Virginia Tech, they lost a clo- like a decently a pretty good game actually against North Carolina, and now they have games against Louisville, Florida State, Boston College. They should probably rack up four wins in a row, actually heading more deeper into ACC play. So this is a Wake Forest team that, quite frankly, should probably be knocking on the door again for potentially making a deeper run or also having a decent seed for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and Louisville being 0-4 currently in conference play, the last team in our conference is just very head-scratching, like you said, a team that we're no- used to seeing at least being in the top half, right? At least having mm-hmm. some quality wins or maybe a couple upsets here and there. But there's, they've got a lot to figure out. And maybe just be one of those years that they chalk it up and they figure out things, they get the right players in place and have a better season. But for the fact that, you know, teams that we don't even necessarily talk about all the time, Boston College, Clemson, Pitt are just having much more of successful seasons right now. It's pretty telling about what's going on over there in Louisville, Kentucky. Moving on. Two two teams, as I had mentioned, that are having pretty decent seasons so far. Best start for Clemson, the Clemson Tigers, and Pitt, two of the top teams here in the ACC, because I know you had that on your bingo card. They'll face off at 4 p.m. on ESPN2, and I just feel like, you know, I give a nod to Clemson just because of how I think that they're balling right now with my guy, what was his name, Hunter Tyson, and then with Pitt. You know, and I never know what I'm going to get. Like, this has been better. Don't get me wrong. 100% better. But still, sometimes Cable and the boys can give you some head-scratching losses. 
Yeah, that's about the same. Cause like it's it's really funny how sometimes like the identities of like a sports program for like between football and basketball kind of like coalesce and kind of be similar. Where we see with Coach Capel, they do have some weird losses. Like the loss to VCU is kind of odd. Loss to Vanderbilt, another odd one too on the season. And then you look at the Pittsburgh football where. How the hell do you lose to Western Michigan last year? And then also, how do you struggle against them this year too? And then how do you lose? Well, well, Tennessee, we kind of saw that later on in the year, but it is very true. I think Howard Tyson's a great player for Clemson. I mean, he's he's at, he's playing eighty five percent of their minutes, which is absolutely absurd. That's a <laughs> that man's cardio is elite. That just, okay, that man, yeah, you know, you know, bless that man. I need, I need I need that dude's workout plan. But overall, to me, Pittsburgh it shows here by the numbers they should be favored by two points. So to me, that's still kind of a closer pick'em game. So I'm gonna ride with you too as well, folks. Take Clemson for the money line to win this game outright because they will be underdogs in game tomorrow because they're the hard hand. That's correct. Yeah, and the team that is looking most desperately for a win right now, in my opinion, as a seaman, is Virginia. They face off against a good and decent, almost evenly record Syracuse team at 5 p.m. on ACC Network. And, you know, Virginia is kind of like North Carolina, as I mentioned, bringing back the starters, trying to, you know, be the team that gets a little redemption and quiet as it's kept. It's just not always panning out as you thought it would, being a dominant team, you know, being a team that was, you know, number one at one point in this season so far. But the ebbs and flows of what is college basketball, I guess, are really coming to fruition here. I mean, that's basically what it is, right? Also, Syracuse is a team that, it's interesting to me because I, I feel like with Syracuse, like every single year, it's either going to be a very good year. It's a very, you know, wishy-washy, but they never really have truly a down-down year, especially when postseason play starts with the conference tournament and also with the regular tournament as well. And to me with this one, it says that Virginia here should be favored by 14 points. Now, yeah, okay. that's <laughs> something. Now, this is where also, folks, like your numbers are going to start to be adjusting because that to me just seems wrong. Yeah. Um, like Syracuse, I know a bad semester-wise isn't, isn't the prettiest team. Virginia, though, is... It's it's interesting because they have struggled a little bit. They are coming off the loss against Pitt, and now they're going to having a home game against Syracuse. And I think here Syracuse will be the right play here. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Final game we want to touch on here: NC State and Virginia Tech. NC State, a team coming off a big win against Duke, but you know what's to me a mark of a good team is can you repeat that? Right? Yeah, you dominated Duke, but can you keep going? Can you not regress and just be like, okay, this is the this is the NC State we know by you know getting beat by these Hokies? They'll play Virginia Tech, a team that you know honestly. It, they started out bad last year, but they've started out pretty good this season. And they're going into this game with a mentality of they have to keep things rolling, keep their top half of being in part of the standings in good shape. No, and also you got Virginia Tech, the two players that kind of haunted my nightmares last year from three point <laughs> line. That's Hunter Couture and Sean Padula. Those are very two, very, very solid players, but fashion shooters as well. And then to me with North Carolina State, you're right. I mean, it's like you unload and beat Duke by what was like 20 plus points we were saying 24. earlier. And- 24 points did you out did you like leave all your points out there because sometimes it happens where you just unload everything on one game and then yeah. you're not able to pick yourself up especially in three days time in the same way that's like that's not enough for us to do that because the next yeah. game after that is a week and it's, 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 it's that's when they play miami so yeah. to me with this one they're going to be underdogs at virginia tech and i think that's the right play i think it's basically virginia tech is, is going to win this game because Getting yourself up, being motivated to beat up on a Virginia Tech team after the after the way you beat Duke, I would be if it was like a ten point win, but twenty four, you left it all out there. You got to be yeah. gas. You're gonna be you're gonna be tired for that, and you got yeah. you got a week long break. You just want to get to that break at this point. A thousand percent. Like I just I think for me and Keats and where we're trying to see the progress. Like yes, we've seen them pop Duke in the mouth before. We're we're not unused to those type of energies, but I would like to see it happen from a different team 
more consistently and keep that momentum rolling. Because, listen, Baby T to Cravion Smith, he's a dog, joiner's dog. I think that they have it in them to really put up some good numbers here at the back half of this season. So that's our basketball, men's basketball for the weekend. Saturday, we'll have some really good matches. Make sure you check out the Sunday games for the women, as we were talking about on yesterday's show. We had some, we have some really good games going into this one. And I think that North Carolina, Notre Dame is probably going to be one of the better ones. I think that Olivia Miles is honestly one of the best guards in the country. If you haven't seen her yet, Google it. You know, just say ride the, ride the ACC women's train while you can. Don't say we didn't warn you. Florida State, all of them, everybody. There's a lot of great programs out there. But as we shift gears and end on this football note, we have two non-ACC teams playing in the national championship game on Monday night at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. But still, we can always make it about the ACC in some capacity. TCU, the number three team, is facing off against number one, Georgia. And I'm just saying, one, glad it's starting at 7.30 so we won't be up all freaking night. But two, this is probably one of the most lopsided national championship games we've seen in a very long time, if ever. Yeah, I think the real national championship game was played last week, and that was Ohio State-Georgia. Because I think uh-huh. Ohio State probably would have beaten up on, on, on Michigan. I, I know they lost in the regular season, but to me, that's... You saw the Michigan team that played against TCU. TCU is a very athletic team. They're a very fast team. Their defense is surprisingly extremely effective and solid for a Big 12 team. And they got the most dangerous ginger alive in Max Duggan. Man, <laughs> is six foot four, 240 pounds. That man is fast, which is justifies any metric of physics. But then you have Georgia. Defense is always elite. Stetson Bennett, who I should not, I don't think should have been a Heisman candidate, but that's a discussion for a different day. I'm not going to get my soapbox for that. They have a very effective offense where they don't make many mistakes, don't have many turnovers, and that's majority of what TCU was relying on for the majority of the year and also against the Michigan team. So to me, with this game overall, I I want TCU to win because I don't, I can't have the Georgia fan base, you know, saying, oh, look at Stetson, King Stetson once more time, winning back-to-back championships. I, I, I just can't have that. But Georgia should probably, their favorite right now, but I want to say 13 and a half points was when it would open. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia beats them by like 17 points because they'll, they're two day tight ends, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Those are some strong, strong, capable dudes. And the way TCU's 3 3 5 defense set up, they are susceptible to good tight end play and they got two of the best in the country. Yeah, that's fair. I think Duggan being the redheaded assassin that he is, I normally give that nod to Brendan Armstrong, but I'm going to switch gears there. I think he has played incredible. He just plays with a lot of heart. But my guy, uh, Setson Bennett, listen, everybody can't be the most incredible Trevor Lawrence type quarterback, but boy, if you ain't a game manager, do what you, you know you have stars, just give, just give them the rock. That, you know, you just know I don't need to do much. Don't overdo it. Don't oversell it. Don't try to, you know, show my arm, ball strength, and da, da, da. just do enough to get my your boys the rock and let them cook. That's all you gotta do. And he's done a phenomenal job of that. We can give him that. Yeah, yeah, I would say he probably is the greatest game manager <laughs> of all time. Because uh, yeah, I mean, listen, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't overthrow his receivers. He does, you know, puts them in the right spots for that. He right. has the most beautiful handoff to Kendall McIntosh. So he has that set up. But also, no, his RPO is actually pretty good. His play yeah, actually yeah. plays really well. It's just the ginger gremlin over there. Max Duggan, I'm a huge fan of him, though. I thought he should get a little more yeah. love, though. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think the game, maybe, you know, TC will punch him in the mouth early. I agree with Georgia and Ohio State being that game that was pretty much – Huh, came down to the final shot. I was in Orlando at Disney World watching the kick like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe he missed that bad boy. But, man, oh, man, the kind of pressure that he was sure that young man felt to make that kick was insane. 
Yeah. Uh, my boss is an Ohio State alumni. Oh, um, so I, we, we got back into work Tuesday, and I just I just tried to get clear. <laughs> my, my guy uh real quick because then i wouldn't yeah. be like i wouldn't be like hey how was the game your team lost me money uh even though tcu made me some money because uh that was a great play for that a thousand percent i might i might get a little tcu on my betting action just because why not you know everyone else is gonna put all in on georgia maybe we get some you know really uh finite or def- uh what's like a detailed bets instead of having just teams win or lose blah blah blah, blah. i say all that to say as we put this about the ACC, man, it's going to be nice again, maybe with how we don't have divisions for the ACC to be in these kind of conversations going into next year. I'm really hoping that, you know, the Florida States, the Clemsons of the world can get a part of national championship contention. I think Miami's got a long way to go, but I'm talking about our powerhouse sort of programs that we know get a little more national recognition and praise. Hopefully we don't have the same kind of issues going into next year. No, I completely agree, and that's mainly because now you're kind of like sharing the wealth, and by that I mean everyone's going to play each other, and also you have you won't have Colts teams, you know, kind of getting their record higher, just playing with each right. other. But that to me, it's going to help out with that. We, FSU has a very more favorable schedule for next year. Miami is kind of similar to that in that regard. I want to see how they kind of respond to a, uh, a kind of disappointing and kind of lackluster 2022 year one under Cristobal. But hey, listen, Doctor Miami's down there; he's fixed everything. He can definitely fix that program too, and then Clemson. I'm going to be interested to see how K Klubnik responds hanging next season because I wasn't that big a fan of him when he saw him in relief earlier in the year. I don't know why everyone assumed he would be this dynamo, even though at the AC Championship game, he did play better. But also, you're able to play that well if your team doesn't prep for you to play. So to me, that's a huge caveat with that. So we'll see. But I think next season basically will be a time for teams like Florida State also if they can. And honestly, if they make some change at offensive coordinator, Miami to make some noise. And I think there's going to be a lot of huge shifts, right? We don't even know who half these quarterbacks are going to be next season because of all the transfer portal things. Like we were talking about in post when we were really heavy into football, how many of our quarterbacks had transferred, right? So as much as we talk about this being QB, uh, a QB conference, it's going to be interesting, the dynamics as people find find some new homes and what we see in these spring games and going into the summer training. No, I completely agree with that. You also look at rosters, but you know, like they're changing. You see Brian Brzee and Xavier Hen- I'm sorry, uh, Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry. I think they have all declared for the draft. Whereas Florida State has Fabian Lovett coming back for I think his fifth, I think his sixth and final year, which will be to me that's the most important, you know, return besides Jordan Travis for that team. And then you have Miami landing Javion Cohen, the Alabama offensive lineman transfer coming in. And then you also you're going to see some more transfers, I believe, after the bowl game. I think they have to the 15 to enter their name. And then to me, you'll see more over the over the spring. So it's going to be you're going to have a lot of different rosters or a lot of you know saying this I guess the core nucleus of some rosters staying around, especially with NIL focused on player retention. So to yeah. me, it's going to be interesting to see how these, the makeup of these teams heading into around maybe May or June when uh, spring camp is over. Absolutely. Well, we have Jersey Drake here again each and every Friday talking about bets. Make sure you guys check out his pod, Locked on Seminoles, and follow him at Tally underscore underscore Drake. We hope that you guys have a nice, safe weekend, especially Monday night. Get rowdy. Enjoy the national championship game. We're going to talk about all of our basketball games and recap those and give you sort of the overview and outline outline of how our shows will run during basketball season with Kenton Gibbs and Drake. For Candace Cooper, we hope you guys have a great weekend. Until next time.